Hey, friends. Welcome to a Monday, September 21st edition of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. There's my man, Andy Anders. We are uh, separated today, but, uh, boy, we're going to talk about uh, football, and we're going to talk about actual Big Ten football. We're going to talk about a schedule and the ramifications of the Big Ten playing two less games than everyone else. Good morning, Mr. Anders. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Part of a contact trace here, so I'm quarantining for a couple of weeks. Hopefully be back with you soon in person, but I'm glad to be joining and talking about actual football today yes not just COVID-19 and uh the leadership vacuum that the Big Ten had in that entire mess so uh yeah we've got a schedule to preview yes your your secret that your roommates uh tested positive for COVID I was going to keep it a secret because I don't want anybody to ostracize you when you're out and about, but of course you can't be out and about now that you've been quarantined. Right. Do you have plenty of food? Do I need to come and like drop off a care package for you on the front step? Well, more food is always welcome. All right. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Does the pizza delivery man show up in a hazmat suit? Uh, I'm pretty sure he has, he has one, uh, puts on, you know, the, the yellow ones you see in the movies. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got the face shield. <laughs> Can't, never, never make eye contact because he just uh, leaves it at the door. Very good. Well, uh, let's talk about some Big Ten football after we welcome everybody to the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch. We join you every Monday at 10 a.m. in the East. Our friends in the Big 12, in defense of the Big 12, follows at 11 Chris Landry Football is your home, of course, for all things football. You can get a look at the game of football from a coach's perspective, scout, administrative. Just go to LandryFootball.com today. We've got you covered from high schools to college to the NFL recruiting, NFL draft, free agency, fantasy, pregame, postgame, film breakdown, and all the inside scoop on all the players, teams, coaches, and schemes. LandryFootball.com is your source for all things football. You're watching us right now on the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch, and you can comment on screen. We will see the comment, and we will respond. All right, Andy, we have a Big Ten football schedule, so let's get right to the headline games of the year, in your opinion. Biggest game on the Buckeye schedule, even though it's blasphemous to even ask the question, is it Penn State in Week 2, or is it Michigan on December 12th? I mean, as big as the rivalry is, it's got to be Penn State. I mean, after what's been happening, um, Penn State's just been the better team in recent mm-hmm. years compared to Michigan. I think that game will determine the Big Ten East. Uh, I can't see Penn State or Ohio State losing another game outside that one. Michigan just doesn't return enough talent, in my opinion, uh, especially with some of the opt-outs they've had. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins in particular is a huge loss for them. I know McCaffrey's heading out, but that was he was losing the competition anyway is why he's headed out. Um, so I think the biggest game for Ohio State will be Penn State this year uh, just because that's uh, those two teams will be – one of them will win the Big Ten East, I would think. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the opt-outs, Andy, and we're seeing at Ohio State uh, and some other schools, I think Rashad Bateman at Minnesota – uh, is opting back in with the Gophers. Uh, Rondell Moore, a lot of speculation about what he will do. Micah Parsons, the fine Penn State linebacker. Uh, we do not know. We do not have complete clarity because what we're talking about is that guys who opted out naturally, 
prog- uh, progress toward an NFL career by exploring or in some cases forging a relationship with an agent or an agency that in any other year would get you immediately ineligible. This is not a typical year. Uh, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey who's transferring. Uh, he will get that year of eligibility back. So they've already made some dispensations. Sean Wade, I think, with Ohio State has some agent issues to eyes to dot, T's to cross to get out of that agreement that he made. Wyatt Davis said when he announced his return that he was hoping to come back. He wanted to come back. I think he's in the clear right now. So we don't know about Micah Parsons, but that's a big one for Penn State if they can get the preseason defensive player back from uh, a tweet that he sent out. He said, at this age, I've never seen so many hard decisions I've been faced with. And that tweet came out on September 17th after the Big Ten announced that it would be playing football this season. Oh, absolutely. That's I don't envy his position um, when you've got millions of dollars on the table like that. But at the same time, you want to come back and compete with your brothers, the guys you've been training with all this time. He's going to be a high draft pick. Um, I think I really think that because of the special circumstances of this year, they should make an exemption for people signed to farm with a free agent, especially in the yeah. Big Ten where they weren't offering any clarity you had no idea if a season, when a season was going to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, well, what else is a first-round lock-type player to do but ensure their family's security for the future and make sure their ducks are in a row, go ahead, get an agent, and prepare for the draft? Um, so I, I think there should be an exemption for this year. Uh, with the agent rule. Yeah, I would certainly be in favor of a player being asked to repay any money they've been advanced, but otherwise the uh, dim view that the conference and the NCAA have taken in past years of guys who have come to an agreement with an agent, I think this is a year for a bit more grace, a bit more leeway, because as you said of the uh, lack of clarity, from the Big Ten. And bottom line, what you and I have been calling for, Andy, all along is do what's right by the players. Do what's right by the players. Make an announcement. Give the guys the plan you're going forward. They didn't do that. Now we've got a season. So still stick to that proviso. Do what's best for the players. And it's best for the players. And it's best for Big Ten football if Rashad Bateman, Sean Wade, Wyatt Davis, Micah Parsons, Rondale Moore are all in uniform this year. Big Ten football is infinitely more interesting so I think the conference needs to take a more um, uh, liberal view of allowing those guys back than they may have in other years. Absolutely. Um, the, the competition level of the conference would be great for it. But speaking of which, mm-hmm. um, let's delve into the schedule. Yes, a let's. I think a lot of other interesting games um, outside of that Ohio State-Penn State matchup. First off, I think the first point we got to hit, you mentioned it earlier. Nebraska. Woo! Oh my goodness! You're t- the two East teams you pull are Ohio State and Penn State. Yeah, uh, they had on the original nine-game schedule, and this is why Nebraska thinks and is, in my view, 100 percent correct that they were penalized for having eight players sue the Big Ten and forcing the Big Ten via judge's order to disclose the vote that postponed the season, and all the things the Big Ten wanted to keep secret that Nebraska's lawsuit didn't allow them to keep secret. Nebraska had three crossover games. They had Penn State, they had Ohio State, they had Rutgers. Well, guess which one Andy got dropped when they 
came with an eight-game schedule instead of a nine-game schedule. I guess it was the team that finished last last year, not the two <laughs> top teams. From the East. You would be right, Andy. They dropped Rutgers. So the Cornhuskers not only get both Ohio State and Penn State, they get them in the first four weeks of the season when they also get Wisconsin, the prohibitive favorite in the Big Ten West. Opening, they open with Ohio State and Penn State. <laughs> back to back. They go on the road to Columbus to open the season. The, the team, the two teams that were really fighting, that were really championing in the Big Ten, the we want to play movement. Yep. Are, the Big Ten is pitting them against each other in week one. And they're, they're kind of just sending Nebraska to slaughter. They certainly yeah. are. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that Bill Moose, the Nebraska athletic director, is calling out the obvious uh, animus from the Big Ten office. He says, I'm sure my friend Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, is smiling today. His friend Bill Moose is not. Uh, Bill Moose said at another point in his interview with the Omaha World Herald, uh, he says, at the end of the day, this schedule had to be blessed by the commissioner. Uh, That's uh, another shot fired across the bow from Nebraska toward the Big Ten office. There's been plenty of subtweeting from the uh, Nebraska (laughs) The Nebraska brass throughout this entire thing. Uh, on the flip side, though, Ohio State probably has one of the, if not the, easiest schedule among the top Big Ten teams. I think so too. Uh, I think it's tailor made to get to the college football playoff. Exactly the two the two Western games they kept not exactly uh, cream of the crop there with it was Illinois. Illinois and, uh, and uh, let's see, we got uh, Maryland, Nebraska. right? Illinois, Nebraska. Yeah, Illinois, Nebraska. Illinois, Nebraska. So you don't get Wisconsin. You don't get Minnesota. You don't even get Iowa. Nope. uh, Who are probably going to be the top three teams in the West this year. Yeah. Probably have who I would project about the fourth best team in Nebraska. And then Illinois is pretty well toward the bottom of the Big Ten West ladder at this stage. Yeah, even Penn State got Iowa. Uh, They get them at home, but they at least got them. Uh, They were very friendly to Penn State, too, I think. They do open on the road at Indiana, and then they get Ohio State at home, follow it up with Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa at home. Uh, Michigan is uh, a road game for Nebraska, but I think, or excuse me, for Penn State, but I think that Penn State should be able to handle that one. And if they get past Ohio State and they get past Michigan, uh, they finish with Rutgers and Michigan State. We expect the Spartans to be down, do we not, in the first year with Mel Tucker? Yes, uh, this will be a big transition year for them. They don't return, you know, they don't exactly return a star-studded crew (laughs) how they finished last year. And uh, Mel Tucker, first year under a new coach, is always a rough transition. Mm -hmm. It'll be a couple years, I think, before Michigan State starts competing again, especially because they don't have they, they historically they don't recruit as well as Ohio State, Penn State, um, Michigan. You know those those big. So it's going to take a few years to develop guys. Um, and I think Michigan State, I would, I, I don't see them giving a real game to Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan this season. I don't understand uh, how Michigan ended up on the wrong side of uh, Kevin Warren's uh, bow and arrow. Uh, the Wolverines supported him and the decision to postpone the season. They were one of the 11 schools that voted against playing. Uh, their crossover games with the West are against Minnesota and Wisconsin. 
Yeah. Uh, wow. That's not uh, that's not going to help Jim Harbaugh get out from under what is uh, gradually becoming an impatient Michigan fan base with the Wolverines' failure to get to a Big Ten title game. Yeah, very feasibly four losses on that schedule with Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you wonder, <laughs> the little brown jug to open. They played Minnesota in week one. Um, Wisconsin is week four then. Yep. Uh, so you've got... Penn State week really six, Ohio State week eight. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, they they really have, I think, a, a pretty tough schedule for who they are at this point in time. Uh, P.J. Flex team at Minnesota was the story of the year in the conference last season on the Western side. As you said, Andy, they start with Michigan. Uh, they play Iowa at home. They're on the road at Wisconsin, and then they finish up with what is a rivalry game, uh, Nebraska, in the final week. They did pretty much – we talked uh, about – uh, version number two of the Big Ten schedule, the 10-game conference-only model, where they moved the rivalry games to early or mid-season. I think only one rivalry game survived and was going to be played the final week. Now in week three, the third, or excuse me, in iteration three of the schedule, they have restored the rivalry games to the final week of the season. Does that tell you that the Big Ten has a ton of confidence in its medical protocols? I mean, they have to. Uh there's eight weeks. You're, you don't have no buys. You have no leniency. So you need to have stringent protocols in place. And that's, I mean, that's how you had to design the schedule because when you're starting on October 24th, that's how many games you can fit in before the college football playoff. And then a Big Ten championship series, essentially. Every team playing Big Ten championship weekend. We'll get into that in a sec. But mm-hmm. you mentioned the medical protocols. Um, they are very strict uh, for the Big Ten. As, I, as they should be to finish out the season, I think. Um, there are a couple that I think may be a little over the top, but you see three times weekly testing, tremendous um, really on top of who's going to have COVID and starting a contact trace. I think that'll help the season in the end if you're testing frequently. Um, but 21 days, if you test COVID positive as a player, you have to miss 21 days of competition. Uh, before you return to play. And then it's 5% as a team. If you have 5% positive tests and then a population percentage, I believe it's um, in the in the 7% range, with that, you have to miss a week of competition. Um, so a lot of so strict, strict protocols in place, 5% is a pretty low bar to clear, it feels like. But mm-hmm. we results at Michigan and they're below that bar pretty well I think at the powers it won't be a it might it probably won't be a problem to stay under five percent as long as the players and coaches are really good about you know following following the guidelines to keep COVID out of the locker room well Ohio State definitely is going to want to keep Justin Fields in bubble wrap from October the 10th on because if he would come down with COVID Anytime after October the 10th, he'd be sitting the Nebraska game at home and the Penn State game on the road. I don't really think Nebraska is any threat at all to the Buckeyes, but if you're throwing out uh, fifth-year senior Gunnar Hoke at quarterback or freshman Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, then you all of a sudden bring uh, the unexpected into the equation. Uh, You know, if Justin Fields is going to go to a party like 
go to a party the night you get back from Penn State because then it's Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State. That's when Ohio State could afford to have an untimely COVID test for its Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. Yes, if you wanted to pick one time to go out and, uh, you know, get a little little buzz going with your friends, that'd that'd be the weekend. No doubt. I I don't expect that from this team, especially the way they've, again, them and Nebraska have really championed this players' movement. Um, And there's already been uh, interviews with Ohio State players. There's been media availability since this has opened back up just over Zoom and – you hear them talk about like it's not hard for them to stay isolated, stay in sort of their own bubble um, and keep COVID, you know, a non-factor for the team. At least they hope. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, this team has been thinking about and I would even argue focusing on a return to the college football playoff uh, since Justin Fields and Chris Olave were on different mental pages at the end of the Fiesta Bowl. I think we all expect Ohio State to be back in the playoff this year. They certainly expect that. That's why they were so uh, frustrated by the Big Ten's decision to postpone the season and look like eliminate the season. As you know, we saw from the Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade opt-outs, we didn't expect an Ohio State football season that commenced in January to include Justin Fields, Chris Olave, Josh Myers, on and on and on and on, the guys who have already put enough on tape to be in the NFL. But now this is their goal, and they know what they have to do to achieve that goal. So I'd be very surprised if we hear any stories like we heard with certain Major League Baseball players or certain NBA players who just lose their patience with the lockdowns and with the uh, bubbles and with all the protocols that they're asked to contend with and that we see an Ohio State football player who does something that puts either himself or his teammates at risk. Right. Uh, And I I would think that would speak poorly to a guy's character if he were willing to go out and put a season at risk like that. Um. One, hmm. yeah, I don't really have a lot to add there yeah. other than it's important for guys to stay in and keep the team safe. And if you have any goals, you know, you, it's just about keeping that mindset as a player of these are our goals. You know, we can't lose sight of them and we can't go out and come down with this because, you know, the team's getting tested three times a week. You're going to, if you catch it, it's going to be picked up on, it's going to affect everyone. So got to stay stringent and stay isolated until the goals are accomplished. No doubt. So to speak. We appreciate you watching us on uh, the Chris Landry Football Channel here on Twitch. You can get this podcast uh, on your mobile device or your favorite device by signing up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcast. And and I join you every Monday, 10 a.m. in the East. Uh, when the Big Ten starts playing football games, we'll also be joining you on Thursdays at 10 o'clock when we have actual games to talk about. We want to remind you that the official coffee of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast is our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. You can get 15% off when you order Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee with the promo code BIG10 in all caps. Go to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com and peruse all their outstanding offerings. Coffee sourced from around the world, direct from growers to you. It is phenomenal coffee, and they do great things in those countries, helping those uh, growers gain a bigger market share by the fact that they don't have to share the profits from their earnings with the government or with other entities that line them up with outside buyers like Hemisphere. So please go to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, see what they have to offer. I highly recommend their Hunter's Blend or their Breakfast Blend, both great ways to start your day. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com and use the promo code BIG10 
uh, in all caps. All right, Andy, we have an eight-game schedule if everything goes to plan, but uh, there is a ninth game not on the schedule but in the future. Explain to the folks how that will work for teams that do not reach the Big Ten title game. Yes, every single team will play Big Ten Championship weekend. And how this will work is you'll have the Big Ten Championship, right? The champion of the East versus the champion of the West for the Big Ten crown, as has been done, you know, the past however many years. But then beyond that, the number two team from the East will play the number two team from the West. Mm -hmm. The number three team from the East will play the number three team from the West, and so on. Bruce, we will have a last-place game in the Big Ten this year. Ooh, let me see. Rutgers and who do we think is going to come out of the West to get the uh, Scarlet Knights on championship weekend? If Rondale Moore doesn't opt back yeah. in, maybe uh, maybe Purdue. Could be Purdue. Could be Purdue or Northwestern. Yes, it's a good thing the Big Ten, Andy, has already said there'll be no fans at games because uh, they might not need to have that uh, restriction in place for the Rutgers, whoever brings up the rear in the West game. Right. Wow. Illinois, perhaps. Illinois, perhaps. Yes, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, maybe it will be uh, Lovey Smith. But that's an interesting wrinkle in this season that we will have a ninth game. But uh, Justin Fields, we know at best, will, at the time of Heisman Trophy voting, Andy, have played two fewer games, if all goes according to plan, than Trevor Lawrence, Clemson's third-year starting quarterback. We presume that those two guys will be among our Heisman Trophy finalists. Do we think that Justin Fields playing two fewer games than Trevor Lawrence will be a factor in the Heisman Trophy voting? Yeah, I think it will be a factor. It has to be when you consider the stats that both players are going to accumulate. You know, voters look at those kinds of things. They'll cons- I think they'll definitely make a consideration. The field's played two less games when you look at stats. And also, um, but also that it weighs in Lawrence's favor is that he had two more games to come up with those sort of Heisman moments, yeah. you know, that define the award. And also two more games that, you know, he was a factor, and the Heisman is kind of college football's most valuable player, and if you're playing more games, you can be more valuable to a team. Um, so I think it will be a factor, but I wouldn't write off Justin Fields' chances just because of the uh, two extra games Trevor Lawrence would get, especially when one of them's against the Citadel. Um, I think that has to weigh partially. Yeah, that's a glorified off. scrimmage. But I think... Modified scrimmage, yeah. I, I think um, I wouldn't just write off Justin Fields completely from the award by any means, but it will be a factor, and it definitely benefits Trevor Lawrence in that Heisman race. So he got on the field for his first game, Lawrence did, on October the 3rd. Uh, they have um, Miami coming up. That'll be a headline game on uh, October the 10th. Uh, so, excuse me, they'll play Virginia on October the 3rd. He got on the field here uh, in the month of September. They do have a game on November the 7th against Notre Dame. That's one of those uh, games everyone will be watching. Will there be a Heisman moment in that one? And then the other one, uh, Boston College won its opener with former Ohio State defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley. I don't know what the Eagles have, but that's a game on October the 31st, the same day that the Buckeyes will be playing at Penn State. Certainly you would think all eyes would be on Trevor Lawrence and, uh, excuse me, all eyes would be on Justin Fields and the Buckeyes on October the 31st. Yes. Uh, the Penn State game, the Michigan game, are where you can look for highs and moments from Fields. 
I, that Clemson Notre Dame game, though, one on the flip side of that, Ian Book is another potential name to watch in the highest yep, race. Yep, yep. Uh, Notre Dame quarterback. So if Notre Dame could pull the upset there, and it would be an upset, um, I think you could see Ian Book start to move up in the Heisman race. And it would also benefit Justin Fields, I would think, in that award is uh, if Clemson dropped to Notre Dame or if Clemson somehow missed the ACC title game, missed the playoff, uh, then that would heavily swing things in Fields' favor if Ohio State is playing for a national title. Well, the Tigers will have a chance to be 5-0 and by the time Ohio State hits the field. Um, looking here, they have off weeks. Uh, the only off week, they have an off week coming up this weekend. Uh, but then they are off on November the 14th. So if you're a Justin Fields fan, you'd ideally hope that Ohio State would have a game on the 14th that would be really, really compelling. Uh, they do not. It is Maryland. Uh, so Fields will look good in that one, but he might not play more than uh, you know two quarters and maybe a series in the third quarter. Uh, at Florida State is a game that, uh, you know, in years past had a lot more buzz than it seems to have right now. Pitt, Virginia Tech, those are three pretty representative teams, at least as far as the ACC goes, before you lead into the championship of the ACC on Saturday, December the 12th. Justin Fields will have the stage to himself on December the 19th. So while Clemson started five weeks before Ohio State will start, they will wrap up only one week before Ohio State wraps up. So, uh, you know. Will Heisman voters hang on to their ballot? Uh, they should. Will the Heisman move its voting back? And tip, typically the, the Heisman takes place first weekend in December. I'm sure Tim Henning and the Heisman Trophy Trust will move that back to mid-December this year. But, uh, you know, Justin Fields will have that stage to himself Big Ten title game. Maybe if we have unbeaten Wisconsin and unbeaten Ohio State, that would be enough to give Justin Fields the platform by which he could uh, come back and, and win the Heisman uh, in what certainly will be his final season at Ohio State. Absolutely. Um, the, the the opportunities are there, but I think it is more. I would put Lawrence as the odds-on favorite at this point, uh, just because of how the schedule sets up for Clemson. And I think they will move back. The, they move back the college football playoff selection by two weeks. You'd think they can move back the Heisman Trophy voting, the awards as well, to include all players. You don't want to vote on something like that when the Big Ten hasn't even finished its regular season. No, you, you sure know, wouldn't. Conference full of talent uh, for the Big Ten there. All right, as we wrap up today, Andy, uh, sadly, uh, although it's a part of the game, yesterday was one of those days in the NFL that the injury bug seemed to bite with, uh, you know, a little more ferocity. And in particular, uh, Big Ten players not faring well, most specifically Ohio State players. Iowa's George Kittle, the, the number one tight end in the NFL, was already out with an injury. Uh, but you look at the number of players that went down yesterday. Penn State's Saquon Barkley early in the Giants game, out for the season with an ACL. And then we turn our attention to the Buckeyes. Nick Bosa with the Niners out for the season ACL. Paris Campbell, uh, Malik Hooker, not out for the season. but uh, And Campbell's ACL, or Campbell's knee injury has not been diagnosed as an ACL as of yet. Uh, Malik Hooker, Draymond Jones, just a really, really bad day for injuries in the National Football League, and specifically yeah. with headline guys from the Big Ten. Ah, yeah, it, you hate to see it, and I think it's a victim of not having preseason games, not having your usual OTAs, training camp, contact practices that the NFL has. And, you know, the reflection of that is, well, why didn't we see this level of injury week one? And I would say dumb luck, you yep. know, um, unfortunate luck. And you really feel for those players – 
um, that have worked so hard to get back, and now your season's over just like that. But, you know, there's conditioning, and then there's game conditioning, right? And that's what the preseason allows you to do in the NFL. And because you didn't have a preseason, guys' bodies, as hard as I'm sure they worked in the offseason, they just weren't in game shape. That contact, you know, constant wind sprinting kind of thing. Um, And then that just kind of allows you just that half a step behind, and that's enough. You know, it's that little percent off the top. And then just one play, something goes awry, and you're done. So I really feel for those guys, and it's really sad to see the high number of injuries in the NFL. Hopefully something the Big Ten um, can avoid with the month of training camp they have before their season. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of it across college football with some of the teams like Navy that didn't even have really contact practices before the year started. Um, So I – but it's definitely unfortunate for the NFL. No doubt about it. We certainly hope that doesn't prevail in the Big Ten because uh, with an eight-game season, uh, to get a representative champion, you hope that everybody's at full strength when they play. Uh, Otherwise, standings are impacted by something that's – more artificial than it is on-field competition. That will do it for us. We will be back again next Monday with another edition of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. Please patronize our sponsor, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, by using the promo code BIG10 in all caps. Andy, you stay safe there in uh, quarantine. Don't uh, don't let your roommates come in your room and put you in a bigger <laughs> jackpot than they've already put you in. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. I'll I'll do my best. I'll stay vigilant. Very good. Andy and uh, Bruce saying goodbye to you guys. Remember, Chris Landry Football, the channel on Twitch, and LandryFootball.com for all your podcasts, all your insight into the game of football. Everybody have a great day.